the dollar. You're non-essential. You're a guinea pig for Pfizer. What are you gonna do about it? Let's go! Hey guys, welcome to the Lunch Boys Podcast. With me is Ryan. Hey. And me, Jake. And, uh, you know, dark times in history these days um, because it's Black History Month. So we wanted to talk about uh, how (laughs) dumb it is that the shortest month of the year is devoted towards history that only existed since about 1700 forward. Nothing before that happened with black people. Yeah, I, yeah, and I'm gonna choose my words very carefully here. <laughs> as the only my anarchist neo, <laughs> uh, as the only uh, neo modernist, yeah, <laughs> yes, um, uh-huh. as the only non melanated person on this podcast right now. I hate that term so to, much. To put when we it, go melanated people. I yeah, ta- uh, Taj, uh, Taj Murray or Maj Turay. Yeah, Maj Turay. Wow. How do I I'm dyslexic much? Maj Turay. I saw him speak at some bit. Mises Inst- Institute, uh, thing. And he was saying like, you know, you should call pe- people of color melanated beings. I'm like, there's not a chance in hell I'm ever going to call anybody a melanated being. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. The rest of the talk is great. That was just retarded. Um, Hard R. Yeah. Uh, Black History Month, baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> um, that was a bad lead in. But to, <laughs> to, again, to choose my words very, very carefully, <sighs> Martin Luther King was a commie bastard forced integrationist who got killed by the FBI. Malcolm X was far better <laughs> on everything. Um and I, I think that's that's what I've got to say about it. You know what's funny is uh, <laughs> a long time ago I met my or virtually I met my um, birth mom, mm-hmm. and at the time I was still very much like uh, I guess kind of leaning conservatarian, but I was a Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she talked about how she liked Malcolm X so much. Now she liked Malcolm X for all the wrong reasons. What's the, <laughs> what like, are the wrong reasons for you? Just curious. Uh, the white devil, white men are evil, uh, that kind of stuff. Like okay. white men are the source of all evil in the world. And I'm like, no, my dad raised me and he's white and I love him. So hard pass on or, that ideology. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll let you finish. Sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but what's funny is like, as I've gotten older, the more I like see how just like freaking based Malcolm X was, <laughs> especially when he talks about, they didn't have the term woke at the time, mm-hmm. but when he talks about like the white liberal who is just like dude, he's gonna literally try to the, kill you with kindness basically is you know literally what are you saying more or less right and it was just like there's a whole thing on it i read it on my instagram a while ago mm-hmm. but it was like it's just that quote alone made me go you're better than martin luther king well, i, I wonder <laughs> why the establishment chose martin luther king to dfi even after they murdered him <laughs> uh I wonder why. You think uh, Al Sharpton sold him out? <laughs> Wait, say that again? You think Al Sharpton sold him out? <laughs> and like, why was were the Black Panthers so dangerous? It's because they wanted to establish their own communities and their own economies. And it's harder to tax a community <laughs> that is, you know, armed and uh, likes each other. You know, so, I mean, I didn't agree with all their rhetoric, but they definitely had the right idea, you know? Yeah, I'm super, and it's I was just super like, about, or was, I wasn't there, but I am super about them, like, showing up on the courthouse with, you know, automatic rifles and whatever. Super about that. Whoa, that sounds like January 6th, Ryan. Let's not, let's not it's, call it's for what terrorism. what it could have been. Because um, <laughs> guess what? The FBI didn't find any weapons on the scene of January 6th, so... Uh, except for that one pipe bomb, allegedly, and we have that security video of the guy with the backpack walking past a police car and waving. <laughs> uh, so that's oh, hey, about to be a terrorist. Hey. Yeah, so that's really cool. Or, <laughs> hey, Jim, see you at the office tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so beautiful weather for a false flag, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm super about 
Malcolm X. And of course, like, that's not a part of Black History Month. Like, Black History Month is just, like, a combination of get whitey and then also, you know, let's prop up the first politicians of being black, you know, or who were black. So it's like, oh, let's remember Barack Obama and his strides towards equality and equity. And it's like, yeah, man, what about yeah, how anybody we went 20 else? years without a race riot until we got Obama? Yeah, it's like, Literally. how about we choose anything else other than f- first place or like not even first place, like first in line? Like, oh, the first black baseball player, the first black like okay but what about malcolm x who was an actual radical who actually had like the black community and their interest because like you know the conservatives have like half a point when they say that racism compared to all of history just basically doesn't exist today and this is very relative but like right back to not saying that people don't experience racism exactly but also it's not like the whole community comes out and shares a beer while they hang the black man in the middle of the street exactly from the firefighters fire hose not that racism with the governor in the background (laughs) right with the governor taking a selfie with the body hanging in the background like that's what it used to be yeah so So like i hear what you're saying and not what you're not yeah the conservatives have half a point when they say that but you know back in the civil rights era I can, it's very understandable. Like, I would think it was an op, (laughs) like a psyop, if I was a black person who was getting hosed down, who was getting yelled at, called the N-word across the street for doing nothing, you know, not allowed to eat with white people in restaurants, whatever. If somebody came up and was like, we have to forgive all of that, and we have to live together, and that's the way forward, I'd be like, get the hell out of here, man. Like, Malcolm X, in that time had the black community because like that's how you would thrive if you have a legitimate oppressor above you the answer isn't to befriend the oppressor Integrate. yeah the answer is to separate it's to separate and secede you know ultimately i'm glad you used that word yeah that's gonna be the theme for today basically for me uh (laughs) um so like that's not the answer to get along and, you know, Martin Luther King also had not great things to say about capitalism. He blamed the black struggle largely on capitalism when it was really, you know, neocolonialistic mercantilism or whatever, <laughs> you know, so or fascism <laughs> for a more modern word. Um, right. State sponsored uh, exclusion of the black community from engaging in the actual free market. Yeah. And so it's like, part of why even today there's still systemic uh, I don't want to use the word oppression, but I would say the systemic pushing down of black communities mm-hmm. and people being able to integrate into the free market. And I use free market loosely because it's not a free market. And that's a part of why systemic racism still exists. Yeah. Like every, all three of us on the podcast, Henry's not here today, but like all three of us on the podcast would say, oh yeah, systemic racism. Sure. But not what they tell you on the news. Yeah. You know, definitely. and that's the problem is like. They, we say systemic racism and then it's like, okay, what's the system? And people will say whiteness. It's like, nope, that is just like bottom of the barrel, unfixable, nonspecific crap that doesn't actually change someone's community. Yeah. But if you actually talk about how we have government housing that makes it so that for generations of black people, they aren't able to buy their own home or not able to afford that home without government subsidy. And then when gentrification happens, what should be the golden ticket for black communities or, or you know, just less fortunate communities in general. Yeah, um, businesses in your like neighborhood. Saying, that sounds like I don't like, like saying idea. black communities because not all black people are poor. Yeah. And I don't like it when, like, the psyop comes out <laughs> of my mouth when it's like, black people are poor, black indigenous people are poor. It's like, yeah. that's not always true, and I don't want to think of myself that way. But that being said, like, you know, underprivileged communities, many of which are of minority ra- racial and ethnic backgrounds, um, that should be the golden ticket, gentrification, right? Businesses coming in but, or people buying up your property so that that way they can build those businesses or build those condos. It's like you should be making cash and getting the heck out. But government has disenfranchised you from being able to own that. Real fast, and now you can't take advantage of the boom. If you notice, it's not minority communities. Jews are – oh, well, Jake just left. Well, I'm going to keep talking, I guess. Ju- uh, okay he's back <laughs> okay cool all right um i just kept recording so okay sorry guys yeah. zoom decided to just cut out all right go for it <laughs> uh, i was gonna say it's not minority communities who are more disproportionately poor because asians are doing fine 
Jews are doing fine. But for some reason, the system, which is the government and all of its cronies, not whiteness or some abstract, like, patriarchal Western, you know, ideology, like, not that, the government specifically has put them down. And they've put down you know, Jews and Asians and like the Japanese were treated horribly, horribly. The Chinese were enslaved. We had our own concentration, concentration camps in World War Two. Yeah. The Chinese were enslaved after <laughs> the black people in the South were freed. So, uh, and not like in name, but you know, in all but name, uh, with the railroad companies. But for some reason, our government has a hard on for making it very, very difficult for, you know, the black population to get ahead because look at what happened with um bush and reagan in the fucking 70s they were bringing in tons literal metric tons a week of crack cocaine and shipping it and allowing the drug dealers freeway ross or freeway rick to to make eight million dollars a day selling crack cocaine to the inner cities, which is where, you know, 80% of the uh, black population lived at that point, outside of the South, at least. So, like, the price... Uh, I, I, I'm going to ballpark this pretty good. The price in 1971 <laughs> of, like, a gram of crack... I forget the exact measurement, but for a unit of crack was, was $1,200. And, like, the inflation wasn't that, that, that bad. You know, back then, so like, you know, we can kind of take it on face value. Uh, Ten years later, after the Iran-Contra scandal, the price of the same unit of crack that I f- can't remember was $189. And you're just going to drop that into inner cities and pay for the drug dealers and pay for their right-wing death squads down in Nicaragua? And then you what? get your Ben Shapiro's who show up on Joe Rogan's podcast and you can see like how deep the brainwashing goes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, how do you end crime in these inner cities? Like, well, you flood the place with police. That's what you have to do. You have to flood the place with police. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that is such a, another like basement level mm-hmm. conservative talking point of like just more back the bull, the back, the blue or back the bull about the same thing. BS. You know what I mean? Of just like, just flood the place with cops and everything will get better. It's like, no, there, there are actual because i do i'm a hundred percent like as far as the actual issues of systemic racism there are systemic issues that are causing not to mention not just disenfranchisement economically but disenfranchisement from being able to enter into the i guess you could call the white market Mm -hmm. so like if if you have a community that has had all these things happen to them largely by government subsidy or government uh influence and then you flood the place with cops so if you're taking part in the black market, which includes things like drugs, and you're getting thrown in jail, so now you've got generations and generations without fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, because you could go to whatever place that will hire you not having a good education because for some reason it's amazing how public schools in a poor city are never as nice as the public schools in a rich city, but you'd think that the funds would get allocated Even equally. Even though they, pay, they usually actually spend a lot more, like Chicago's public schools spend more than almost anybody. True, like, true. Also, so there's no correlation between that. spending, but like, you know, it, it, they're just bad schools they're just bad but for some reason at least the one in the rich neighborhood looks nice yeah at least there's not (laughs) gang violence typically looks less like a prison you know yeah so you've got all all these different systemic issues in the family (laughs) bushes shrubs um i don't want to talk about the systemic issues in the family and then it leads to okay so you're telling me that if i want to pay my bills or if i want to be able to provide for my family what if the best way to do that the fastest is to sell drugs. Mm-hmm. And then Ben Shapiro shows up and says, absolutely not. You got to fool out the place of the cops. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my gosh, there's so much, so many layers to this onion and we don't want to talk about any of them. And it drives me crazy. And like, not even, oh, what if I sold drugs? <gasps> but again, what if I sold the drugs that the like CIA brought into the country and then <laughs> was then prosecuting the war on drugs in the country that it was being brought to? All because, you know, it... A left-leaning Bolivian politician got elected, and they wanted to overthrow him and replace him with a literal neo-Nazi Klaus Barbie. Um, not even a neo-Nazi. Sorry, take that back. He was an actual Nazi, like part of the SS. You know, a lesser-known angel of death. 
and they wanted his crew in charge of the Bolivian government. So to make that happen, they greased the wheels with all the drug dealers and the cartels down there that, you know, held a lot of the power and had a lot of influence. And then brought, you know, several metric tons of crack cocaine into the country a week. So it's kind of like it's kind of like how the government treats like child um, like marriages, sexual misconduct, things like that. I just I was just watching this documentary. It was very interesting. It was about Tony Alamo, Tony Alamo, Tony Alamo. Um, I don't think I know him. It's just another one of the many, you know, basically cults that's sprung uh, up in the 70s and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, someone we know actually was loosely affiliated before. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and so very interesting. But anyway, uh, he was marrying young girls as young as eight years old. Um, they know for sure an 11 year old. Um he was having sexual intercourse with them, just like really terrible stuff. He was taking pictures of these girls and like they can't, they brought the full brunt of the law down on him. That man spent, was going to spend the rest of his life in jail, eventually died in jail. Right. Mm-hmm. But here's the point I'm kind of trying to make that kind of leans over to actual systemic issues is that we know right now that there are exceptionally powerful people who are engaged in raping and having sexual intercourse or sexual misconduct with underage girls on the reg. Matter of fact, even though one of the people who didn't kill himself is out of the picture, it's very likely that these people are still engaging in that material. Definitely. And the girl who just took the fall for the guy who definitely didn't kill himself... It's funny how we didn't call any of the other witnesses, any of the other big names that were dropped, any of the other like peripheral people that were involved. Mm-hmm. We were just like, oh, yep, open, shut. Okay, we're done. And we're locking the evidence and we're never talking about this again. Yeah. So when you have government officials and people in very high positions who are engaged in sexual misconduct with minors, having sex with little girls, we sweep it under the rug. But when some stupid cult leader does it, it's like, oh, this man. And I'm not, you hear exactly what I'm saying and not what I'm not. Definitely. It's all bad. It's all bad. But it's just funny how the government is like, oh, when we do it, or I'll, I'll, it's totally, we can sweep it under the rug and just like get the main people taken care of. I'll, but when do you, you do it. I'll do you one better. I'll do you one better. Oh, yes. This is a great segue. I hope you're picking it up. I, probably not. Or what if. You're David Koresh, who is even alleged to have abused a child. The Texas uh, Department of Health and Secu- uh, Human Health and Security comes out, checks out all of the kids, asks them, interview, finds no evidence of misconduct or abuse three separate times from cult buster Rick Ross. Uh, and then instead of, I don't know, taking the kids you just burn the kids with them <laughs> what about what that did. and if you like to tie it was not to, my segue but great point to tie it back real fast and then we can move on to the more important things which people are probably like why the hell are they not talking about ukraine right now because it's black history month this is what i wanted to talk about if, if you want to <laughs> there's actually we can tie this in with ukraine too with the point i made yesterday um but we can also if you want evidence that nobody gives a shit about black people actually john luke brunel the guy who was epstein's and also cnn when they reported this story said john luke brunel longtime friend and associate of disgraced financier jeffrey epstein that is his accomplishment that your accomplishments used loosely that's his accolade that you're gonna choose to put disgraced financier not prolific child rapist whatever and trafficker yeah um so john luke brunel was a, a like a fashion uh kind of titan uh from france and he would supply epstein with girls and the type that he usually would supply him with is he would he and his crew would fly to like ethiopia kenya um and oh one more and i can't remember uh those were like his main ones and he would take children who couldn't read their parents couldn't read they were starving to death basically and said i'll make you a model over in the states or over in the you know eu and uh you know you won't have to live this life anymore you can you know send money back to your family blah 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 you know groom them 
uh, on Jeffrey Epstein's 50th birthday, Jean-Luc Brunel brought him uh, Ethiopian triplets as a birthday present. And that's been like widely reported, uh, or let's say widely reported in the alt media, uh, n- not reported at all in the mainstream. So, oh, with what's happening was, in CNN, we know why. Yeah, yeah, I'm for sure. Real. Some strings start pointing backwards, some fingers start pointing back at you, and you're like, ah, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, you know, that that should have been the biggest story of the month, and it wasn't. Uh, yeah, no, nobody cares. You know, we'll, we'll even do the whole thing. Like, what was it? 2018, 2019, or might've been before that 2017, maybe when it was all like, do you believe women like me too? Yeah. We'll do that. Yeah, well, what about Virginia Guffrey or Maria flowers? Huh? Like, what about right. them? We'll do it when it's convenient or, uh, oh, not, not to Juanita say that it Broderick. wasn't like a positive like, thing. What about them? Right. Not to say that it wasn't a positive thing that like dudes who are taking advantage of their position and like molesting touching or sexually uh propositioning women like those guys should have absolutely taken the fall for everything that got to them Mm -hmm. what i'm saying though is that you this is me going back to like i know at some point you have to get beyond it but i think it's such a great starting point for people maybe who just started listening to our show or for like someone sends our show or a clip of our show to someone if you believe one thing in one instance you must be consistent in the in the principle of that in another place so like or you're stupid that's why or, or you're incredibly or you're dangerous because then there is no there is no measure by which like you determine what's moral and what's not mm-hmm. so like if you hate it when uh what's his name harvey weinstein is like this fat disgusting film producer is like forcing himself or offering himself to women in order for women to get those roles that they wanted to get that's going to literally change their life if you find that absolutely deplorable and disgusting I agree with you. Take him down. Not just lose his job. That's the little thing I hated about me too. Prosecute him. Mm-hmm. Send him to jail. Like if he did that, let's take him the out. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. That was a self bleep mom. And so that so if you believe that, let's go over to the other side now. And if you have politicians, news news producers, high ranking officials who we think are connected to child pornography, mm-hmm. child rape molestation of minors you've got to chase that down too Mm -hmm. but there's not as much of an uproar about those things and it drives me crazy if you hate rape in any instance whether it be against you whether it be against other people if you hate rape in one instance you gotta hate it in the other okay well speaking of liberals only caring about bad stuff when it happens to white people oh dude this is like such a great segue because th- this actually is part of what irks me about this whole thing. Like, no, what irks me the most is I, for the last five or six years, have been on a, you know, a campaign to convince every person that I ever talked to to be anti-war. That and like Jake, you've been around it. It's a lot sometimes, but like that is that is the only reason I exist outside of family and friends, basically. I feel like it's more than just anti-war. You're basically anti-state, and the only way the state usually props up its power is by some type of warfare. Yes, but like my main, like, my main you leading get point on one with Waco, man, because like, that's because of state enforcement agencies. Or, yeah, so but like <laughs> with, with people who aren't open to like the extreme of like everyone you should just be able to own a machine gun. You know, like people aren't going to be down with that. But I, I can, tank. I can get down. I can get most people down with like, oh, if they're lying about why we're in this war, then we should be out. We should be out of this war, right? And everyone's like, yeah. And it's like, yeah. And we should stop raping children, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, I can. That's a very easy sell that I can make a lot quicker mm-hmm. than like, oh, what about this? You know, anarchism, like neo monarchist view. You know, <laughs> like what about that? That's not gonna happen. But I can talk about the Middle East all day, um, and I've been talking about the Middle East. For a while now, sort of. Especially anybody who listens to this show, you know it. Anybody who's willing to listen to me at all. And I didn't know anything then, but I know a thing or two now. Um, it's a lot. And you see nobody cares at all. Nobody knows where any of it's on a map. Every time I'm saying like, oh, you know, Yemen's a genocide or nothing. Nobody gives a shit at all. But when Ukraine, a white country, 
<laughs> that we have pretty substantial economic interest in gets invaded, uh, all of a sudden, every person ever wakes up and is like, oh, this war thing is really bad. It's like, it's this isn't like one that just appeared out of nowhere. Like, it's been going on constantly for about, you know, 150 years. So, what? <laughs> and they get they get mad at the stupidest parts too um russia has been asking ukraine to negotiate peacefully for about seven years or so and then they didn't and then you know you have constant ukrainian abuses of donbass and the lpr regions like in 2017 uh, ukraine military shut off electricity to donbass and it's so like well i thought those were your people that like as a state, I've been told your one obligation and your one reason to exist is to protect the rights and liberties of the people that live in your border. But you're going to shut the electricity off and you're going to ban them from speaking Russian. You're going to make it illegal because you know that that's going to disintegrate their culture, just like Reconstruction in the South after the Civil War. So do you actually give a shit about these people or do you just want tax cattle? Ooh. And, you know, five days before Russia invaded, the Ukrainian military was shelling those two areas for five days straight. There have been about 1,300 ceasefire violations by the Ukrainian military on these two largely civilian areas of Ukraine. So what the hell is going on? Except for maybe in 2014, the Obama administration administered a coup d'etat and Ukraine kicked Yanukovych out of office and put his right sector uh, Azov battalion, you know, in charge. Um, and what's the guy's name? I can't ever remember his name. They, they picked uh, Yatsenyuk. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, too. I've only ever seen it written. Um there, we have a call from uh, Ambassador Newland with Piat over in Ukraine saying, like, okay, well, when the government falls, like, who do you want to be in charge? And they picked Yatsenyuk. And it's like, oh, and then he won. Oh, and also the snipers at the Maiden Square incident, financed by the CIA as contractors from other countries. Okay, well, maybe this wasn't entirely organic and it wasn't a democratic revolution or whatever. And Yanukovych wasn't a treat either, so don't get me twisted on that. Um, You know, he was convicted of, uh, you know, corruption and treason after he was ousted. But also, like, maybe that's just what governments do. When you replace them, you got to persecute the bad guy. (laughs) So then these two areas, they've both had separation referendums back in 2014, I believe, and both of them were like a 90 to 10 vote to separate because guess what? They're Russians. They're not Ukrainians. Ukraine was only founded as a country in 91. Like I am almost as old as that country, you know? So, and then just like the Middle East after um, the Sykes-Picot agreement, they just drew circles wherever they wanted. They were like, oh, well, the oil's here, so we'll draw a circle there. And, you know, you ever wondered why Bahrain and Qatar and Kuwait are so small? They only needed one city because it's a port city. So the country is just the city to export oil to the Western world. Because we basically colonialized and enslaved them without actually colonializing and enslaving them. Through that and the IMF. But that's kind of besides the point. We did the same thing with the Soviet Union. So we cut com- like cut communities off. We different ethnic you know regions are mixing just like we have over in uh, like Iraq has like eighteen different sects across the entire thing. And it's like okay, well no wonder the Kurds, the Shias, and the Sunnis, and now the Wahhabists and Salafists are all mad at each other because they shouldn't be living with each other because they weren't for generations and generations and generations. So now we have these two areas saying like, well, I, I kind of want to leave after you've been, you know, harassing us for years and years. Uh, so Russia, the people we want uh, to be a part of, could you come and protect us? And then Russia steps in and don't get, don't, don't think this is me like endorsing this war. I think it was all provoked by like are, NATO expansion, and I think like this entire thing could have been uh, avoided with pause? a phone call. Yes. Can we pause for a second? So that that actually is 
the biggest thing that is the question for me. Like, with social issues, it's really easy for me to, like, post about it and be like, this is stupid. Mm -hmm. Moving on. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But this is a little more complicated because just like with everything you just mentioned, there's a lot of moving pieces here. Um, What I thought initially, based on what reasonably, because I I didn't give a crap about Ukraine besides Biden's uh, laptop. Yeah. Like at all. Yeah. Like who cares about this country? Um, not to say if you are Ukrainian or you have family in Ukraine that I don't care about them. I'm just saying like it just wasn't on my radar. I live in North Carolina. I don't care. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so like so like what it seemed like what was happening. And Ryan, please help me out here because this is where my brain was. And then Putin basically gave my brain a big middle finger and said, whatever you think, I think I do not think. Yeah. Uh, and just for the record, I, I, I would have bet my life that Putin wasn't going to invade. I was horribly wrong. Like was this. not going to invade. Was not going to life. invade. Like I, yeah. I didn't think he was going to do it. And then he did. Right. So, so, so here's what I thought. Like I was, was wrong. America has some ties with Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Ukraine at America's behest was sort of being invited into some NATO things. Sort of. This is super layman's terms here, people. So Putin was like, no, because American troops, not just America, but American troops and bombs usually get stationed in NATO countries. Mm -hmm. Ukraine used to be mine to begin with. It's not now. And... I don't want y'all having that type of influence in my country, mm-hmm. according to him. Sort of like China and Taiwan. That This is layman's terms again here, people. So Jake over here in North Carolina, you know, your foremost foreign policy expert, was like, oh, well, as long as America and the NATO, NATO cons just, like, shut up and, like, stop courting, I guess is a better term, Ukraine, we Gucci. Mm-hmm. Putin's not going to do anything. And right when I started to feel really confident in that opinion, where I'm just like, just stop talking about war and leave Ukraine alone. Don't even talk about Ukraine in conjunction with NATO. Then the bomb drops. We're good. (laughs) Then the bombs came. And I was like, what the actual hell? Like, that's not... Putin, you weren't supposed to do that. So that's kind of where I'm at, is I'm like, okay, everything was saying there's no need for war as long as America just takes their big dog, you know what, off the table. But like... So I... I think I think partially what happened, and uh, again, I'm more of a Middle East guy, so like I've crammed a lot of history in the last three or four weeks, <laughs> learning about this sort of stuff. Um, so we've known since 2008, William Burns, the, C- the head of the CIA, uh, a memo got leaked. The title was "Niet Means Niet." Um, mm-hmm. I've heard of this, and it, you know. It's about Good old Scott Horton, if you want to be in the know of these kinds of things. Yeah, basically, that's where I heard about it. Uh, and it's like two pages long, and it summed down basically says, yeah, if NATO moves eastward anymore, Russia's going to invade. Because it's a contentious issue in Ukraine, according to them. It's a contentious issue in the Ukraine, and it might cause a civil war. And, like, the instability would be crazy to have on your border, so Russia would invade to try to, like, you know, take advantage of the situation for sure, but, like, stabilize it. Right. You know, which, like... And to protect their own, you know, um, I say their own interests. This is not the Russians' interests. This is Putin and the Russian government's interests, but it protects their interests. It's also... So, like, uh, Dave Smith the other day uh, tweeted, and I think it's, like, I think it's half right. Um, Like, imagine... If China uh, was sending arms to Montreal, and then oh god damn, what what was his tweet? Oh, I'm gonna have to find it. Um, basically drawing a oh come on, sorry, I should have should have had this better. Um, Okay, if Putin overthrew the government of Montreal and sent in a ton of weapons to the new government after years of moving his military alliance closer and closer to our border, how would we react? Anyone who says thinking about this is supporting Russia is an idiot or a liar. And I tend to agree because you have NATO, which, you know, what's NATO really supposed to be protecting us from at this point? It's like really Russia and China are the only two things where ostensibly you can make a case 
that are like an issue. Like nothing in the Middle East is a problem for us. Everyone, everywhere in Africa isn't a problem for us. South America, we've overthrown them, you know, as many times as we want. Like we can take care of all of that. But Russia and China are the only two. And I don't even think China is that big of a deal because they're so dependent on foreign exports that if they started something and everybody cut them off, then like, that's kind of it. Um, yeah, China's a, a tech and um, an economic enemy. Yeah. I feel like Russia's the only large military enemy. Yeah, and there, you could obviously make ar- yeah. arguments that like if X, Y, and Z combined, then, then all of a sudden it's like a problem. And yeah, of course. I'm saying like... Russia is probably one. It's top three. It's on the Mount Rushmore of, you know, what NATO is still around for. So if you have this essentially bully Russia club and it keeps inching up, you know, to NATO. And like Jake mentioned, every NATO country basically has American troops and bases in it. So if you have your global superpower rival inching closer and closer and closer to your doorstep, with potential nuclear capabilities while they're like however many thousand miles away. I mean, a great example that I've heard is it's sort of like the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah. And, you know, it's lauded in our history books like, oh, no, we said no, we did this, and we told Fidel no, we told, uh, you know, Cold War, ah. And it's just like, th- this is very much, from what I can tell, if the NATO thing is the main thing, which mm-hmm. the more I read, the more I'm like, I think there's... I think the NATO thing is a thing. Yeah, definitely. But there's more things. And I don't think it's kosher to talk about those things. And I don't know enough about it to talk about that confidently right now. But let's just say the boys are doing their research and we will be sure <laughs> to make sure you guys know. I've, um, got, I've got like six books in the mail on this right now. And I'm going to yeah. read all of them tomorrow. Because <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, look, I think that maybe there's more to Putin doing this. Which is part of why I was wrong on whether or not he would invade uh, Ukraine is because there's other things at play that I didn't even think about. But anyway, mm-hmm. all that to say, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. It's like the Cuban missile crisis. We don't want your bombs 90 miles from the Southern coast of Florida. Mm-hmm. So no. And, and for, for Putin, look, I don't like Putin, mm-hmm. but I also don't necessarily hate Putin. Cause I'm like any, any large world leader, which he is. Yeah has a, a nation that, even for all four of the Trump years, that just con- constantly whines about how you're an, a threat and an attack and you you interfere and they're an enemy and they're hostile and blah, blah, blah. Here in all this mess. And then it's like, oh, you want to put bombs not just, not just right on my front door, but you want to put them where I used, that used to be, like, the way into Russia, that used to be one of my, like, a, a province of mine? You want to put your bombs there? Like, that's a spit in the face. It, it is definitely. So I kind of like, from and the like, NATO standpoint, I don't want Putin killing civilians. I hate war, but if you're gonna have all this foreign policy that is very anti-Russia happen, mm-hmm. Ru- Putin is certainly not defending himself. But I can see why he's aggressive. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, and like, I hate that we have to disclaim it because like, what Putin has done. It, like you go head to head with any American president. Oh well, he assassinates journalists that don't agree with them. Yeah, dude. Like, check out Iran. Have you been on Instagram? Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> it, it, not like, literal assassination, but yeah, not all that different. Yeah, like every person or every president rather has a track record that you know sends them straight to hell. Like, there's none. Well, there was JFK, but then, you know. Uh, so, like, every every excuse I've heard about Russia, except for, like, the neo-hawk, or neocon hawkish, like, oh, well, they're a global superpower and they're a competitor, blah, blah. It's like, okay, so if your goal is that America has to be number one, then I guess, maybe. But nothing, like, about his murderous nature or his you know hot temper and it's like didn't biden just call one of his own citizens like a pony faced liar or something and then he dropped a bomb in syria and then upped the uh arms sales to the saudis and declared the houthis a terrorist group to impose farther sanctions on the yemenese people didn't this happen just last month 
the pony face liar thing was uh during the campaign i'm pretty sure sorry the the yemen the yemen yeah um, it happened two days that ago happened like uh <laughs> was it two days i feel like it happened there's another thing another or sale that it, happened like a month ago yeah so they came out two and a half or three weeks ago i think i'd have to go back and check um say, crazy saying that uh they were going to back the saudis i'm trying to remember the direct quote you know as much as possible to make sure they won is basically what they said it's kind of like reagan with iraq in the 80s saying we'll do everything legal and then some to make sure that you win this war and then went and funded iraq gave them all the intel and chemical weapons to use on iran but then also sold israel weapons to sell to iran so you know blew the whole thing <laughs> up and the only reason to do that is to make a a conflict even bloodier than it was going to be previously uh so you know reagan was a monster for that yeah. among other reasons um among other things reagan was real bad so like i don't get that sort of like fear propaganda well i do because people just don't know u.s history and like what we've done in our foreign policy well they don't know u.s foreign policy and i think that that's because yeah. it's not taught and if it is taught it's taught where we are the heroes dude because i am with, scared with, oh sorry no, no, I was just going to say, like, with this whole thing with Putin in, invading Ukraine, this is not altogether different from what America does on the reg in our lifetime. And so, yeah, it, it, we're all like, oh, my gosh, it's crazy act of aggression. Blah, 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 blah. But like whenever Americans do it or when they do it by proxy, it's it's totally fine. And we just ignore it. And so I think that that until people's eyes get awakened to the fact that this is just the nature of the state is that they are constantly dropping bombs on killing innocents like there's so much going on here there and oh sorry and it's hard to keep up with no no you don't be sorry i'm just saying yeah um <laughs> there was another dave smith tweet that said i can't believe putin would ever think about overthrowing the government of ukraine who does he think he is barack obama because <laughs> like you know if we are in no position to lecture russia about and this is the most like generous version of this sort of event you have places who are begging you to be a part or begging you to let them be a part of your country who are being constantly just destroyed militarily even though ostensibly they're sharing a country ukraine and donbass you know apparently they're all the same you know countrymen and then at some point you're just like, you know, those are my people on some level because, of you know, again, we used to be part of it. So like, okay, I'm going to go in. It's like America has just in the last 50 years overthrown so many different, you know, Middle Eastern and South American regimes. Like this is just and a Ukrainian regimes. Like, this is just how it goes sometimes. But when somebody else does it, it's an act of aggression. But when we do it, it's diplomacy and making sure we have a, a liberal world order and, you know, American hegemony. Hegemony. Hegemony? Hegemony. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> Stroked out there for a second. Uh, it's all good. We all have one Biden moment a day at this age. Yeah, true, true, true. Um so, even oh gosh there was one point where he was just like smiling and laughing during the press conference yesterday and i was just like this is not funny bro oh dude when he, i i hadn't even thought about his press conference today when he said we're america we stand up to bullies and we stand for freedom it's like you just locked us in our fucking houses for two years and you oh, consistently <laughs> bully the smallest countries in the world with the lowest gdp per capita's Oh, we, the people we in Yemen are Yemen eating sale was three weeks ago. The so three weeks ago, you're going to sell, sell weapons Yemen to the Saudis so they can continue are this eating leaves because yeah. they don't have food. And we did and that as the three U.S. Weeks ago, government. We just made it so that was going to continue happening. Or, continue. No, that was the extra arms sale. Yesterday, they strengthened the sanctions and strengthened the classification or two days ago, rather. Of oh, the terrorist what, see, label. I was talking about the arms sale. You were talking about the sanction. Or no, yeah. <laughs> the sanction was two days ago. The arms sale was three weeks ago. Exactly. So both of them, not great. You know, and and <laughs> like that's all we do is bully people, and you don't care at all about. I think that's the first time I've ever heard Joe Biden say the word freedom. 
except for when he named Operation Iraqi Liberation. That's kind of close, right? Realized it spelled oil and then switched it to Operation Iraqi Freedom. <laughs> so I'm Man, over. There's, I... a, there's a lot of American liberal grandstanding. And it's and conservative, too, because a lot of those guys are like, we have to stand with any country that's a democracy. And and I'm just like, get 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 out. Stop. No. Yeah. Stop. There's there's just a lot of <laughs> grandstanding of people. And like, I don't know 100 percent. This is just what I've read in the last two or three weeks. You know, a lot of people just don't know anything. And because it's Russia, the big bad guy, they have this terrible history. They killed millions of people. It's like, yeah, wouldn't that be weird to be in a country that's killed millions of people recently? And, like, I would rather live in America than Russia for you conservatives who are going to tell me to leave if I don't like it here. I'd rather live here than there. Yeah, sure. I don't don't like the cold. I don't like the cold, so of course I'm going to live here versus there. But to pretend like we're perfect, like some, I, I in the last couple of days have both been called uh, a pro-Russian, you know, stooge or whatever for thinking that maybe he had a point, and then also an American war hawk for pointing out that we've gotten involved before, and then also an American traitor for seeing the other side of any argument. So you've been called all three sides of... Uh, there's only one other side. It, it's like... It's just the libertarian thing of, oh, you're a free marketer? Oh, you must be a globalist then. Oh, you're a non-interventionist? Well, why are you an isolationist? It's like, okay, well, I'm the first globalist isolationist, I guess. It's because people want to put you in a box ideologi- ideologically. Yeah, I'm seven feet tall. I don't fit in boxes, dog. Ryan it's not going to happen. <laughs> I saw Ryan try to deadlift today, and it was like he was trying to reach through the earth. He had to go down so far. Yeah, it was yeah, <laughs> just for everybody around North Carolina. Jake will beat you up at the gym. I thought, you know, I thought I had some. I had thought I had more in me than I did. And, you know, me and my fiance were talking about it after we left because we're now gym people, I guess. Um, and like no, they're you, healthy people. Yeah, we're, we're trying to care of themselves. Yeah, we're trying to be better. So this was this was the second time we've been to you the gym. You don't have ever. to go to the earliest class of the day though. That that's I, bold. I you do. Can go whenever you can. See, I do. That's that's the <laughs> the thing. Um we were saying that you you had to start out with push-ups and burpees and by the second burpee my leg was already kind of wobbly and i was like oh damn like i'm gassed already i thought i had so much more than that (laughs) and now i can't like i'm working from home because i can't get to my car (laughs) and i wish i was kidding like i think my i've lived on the third floor i think the stairs would kill me I think I'd fall and just be a final destination scene. Like, I think that would just be it for me. <laughs> Last week was cardio day, and the, we had two exercises, or two stations, rather, with, like, different exercises, and then another two stations, but in the middle, I put an intermission, mm-hmm. and the intermission was pretty brutal. It was uh, it was half burpee broad jumps, Mm-mm. so half burpee, just like you did today, not a full burpee, but then you do, like a big jump forward as far as you can. And then you do another burpee. So you had to do it all the way down to the end of the, of the indoor field, which isn't like super long. Yeah. Uh, like sprint back. Feet. Yeah. And Ish. sprint back. And then it, this is the part that sucked. That takes you roughly 20 to 25 seconds. Uh-huh. And you had a two minute clock. So then you had to hold a plank. Oh man, people were shaking and they had already worked out. They'd already done station mm-hmm. one and station two. So they, they were like, Oh, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> just the puppet master, like, oh, <laughs> I'm gonna make cardio your uh, limbs noodles. What was it's that? Like, I know you can't breathe because you just did cardio exercises on two other stations, and I'm gonna make you try and breathe while your abs are shaking and your arms hurt. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to a cardio day for a while. <laughs> I for for you, I genuinely don't recommend it. <laughs> oh, I genuinely don't. You don't even have to not recommend it. I'm just not going. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing in me that wants a part of that. But yeah, Ryan and his fiance, 5:30 a.m. class today. They were the first ones there. They were early. I feel like and I've they been don't up live for forever. Very close to this gym, isn't it nice? It, it you've had like a full day already. It it's kind of yeah. Talk to me at 7 p.m. and we'll see. But um, I got I got shit about Ukraine to read, so like I I can't be falling asleep early, you know. 
This is true. Well, in that case, I, I feel like that's the show for now. Oh, yeah. We don't have to talk about the gym. There's a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot more that all of us are trying to keep up with. Real um, fast. Uh, yeah, another thing it. that happened today, just to throw it in at the end and like make it worth mm-hmm. the gym talk. Uh, <laughs> there were special forces deployed from Chechnya to Ukraine. And this is like their Green Berets, like some bamfs you know they were all given decks of cards with ukrainian officials faces on them and saying here's your targets and that is the scariest thing maybe ever to have a a hundred russians hunting you down and the idea or the kind of the theory nobody really knows for sure especially in western media the theory is putin said that he wanted to denazify ukraine uh because there, there are some, some, I'm not saying Ukrainians are Nazis, but there are some openly admitted neo-Nazi factions in the Obama-installed Ukrainian presidency. Uh, so there is speculation that maybe those people are all of the open and out Nazis, or it's just the entire government, and they're trying to just take it, take it out. Which, honestly, if there's going to be a war... If it's if it's gonna happen, I'd rather it be government versus government. So like, this is better than a bunch of civilians getting hit with rockets in their apartments like they were in Kiev. Right. Yeah. That that that's the biggest issue right now is that Putin just kind of just started shooting at where there were tons of civilians. Um, yeah. That's one of my biggest issues with war in general, and that's one of the reasons why like you know if you get me on one like one of my favorite things to talk about is how. Like the the three hundred Spartans, one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite stories, and it's because the king was there. That's why I love it so much. Or even like stories of like David and his mighty men. It's like when David screwed up and slept with the Bathsheba, it's because he wasn't on the front line where he was supposed to be. And there is no on there is hardly ever been honor in war, but there is literally zero honor in war right now because an old decrepit old man like Joe Biden, and then. An old man that's trying not to be decrepit like Vladimir Putin yeah, yeah. can send your son and your daughter because America uh, he can send your son and your daughter to the front lines of the war to get shot at, to have their legs blown off, to have PTSD, to watch, shoot little kids, to be shot at by little kids, whatever it is, because that's what war is, period. Mm-hmm. And they're fine with it. They go to bed totally fine at night they wake up they take their meds they have a nice workout they go to the press conference i'm like that to me is the most dishonorable thing or even even worse is that now that we're in the 21st century and we're this rich awesome country you know we have drones and then you can you know wage drone warfare in countries that barely have planes you know like in pakistan that was the worst one there was reports coming out back in 2012 and or 11 and 12 i believe i think um they were hunting for al-qaeda members in pakistan well that's where they found osama bin laden so it's not i guess completely unreasonable um but in the swat valley they would just find somebody drone them find somebody drone them. this is the poorest part of pakistan or one of the poorest parts of pakistan and the cia started an informant program where if you read it out on somebody, you got money and or food. And then, you know, Muhammad's house down the road just gets drone striked on Tuesday because you said that maybe you saw him hanging out with somebody who was a Mujahideen in the 80s back in Afghanistan. And th- this this culture and this community that was founded on like interpersonal bonds, because you had to, when you're that poor, you have to have family and community or you're just going to die now all of those people are skeptical of each other because the CIA is going to pay them if they, if they name anybody. So there's not even the honor of we're just going to send our better guys with better equipment to kill your guys who are fighting with rocks and sticks. There's a guy in Arizona playing a video game, you know, ending people's lives with these predator drones. Right. So, like, there's even less honor than, than that. <laughs> And it's ruining and, communities, ru- ruining civilizations overseas. You know, it, it's the worst mm-hmm. thing ever. And, and uh, Daniel Hale, the hero, uh, leaked it to The Intercept. And there's a book about all of it, uh, mainly Somalia and Pakistan. 
um, called the, Assa- the the Assassination Complex by Jeremy Scahill, Scahill and the Intercept crew. Gareth Porter won, won an award for uh, you know uncovering this. About ninety percent of the drones don't hit their intended target. Do not hit their intended. But target. they do hit something. They hit and something. That's the problem. <laughs> and and then you have Obama, this militaristic genius, you know, who says, "Okay, well, if we kill somebody, we're gonna." classify them as a terrorist unless proven otherwise after their death and nobody cares enough to get you know muhammad muhammad's files in order you know and i was trying to think of john smith for for afghanistan and it tracks uh nobody cares enough about that goat (laughs) farmer to go back posthumously and figure out whether or not they had legitimate links to al-qaeda isis or the taliban nobody cares so that's a good way to reduce civilian deaths is if you just say that every civilian is a terrorist and you can double tap them, which is something they do and something that Al-Qaeda came or, or like perfected, they will drop a bomb. And then when the first responders come, well, those first responders are responding to a terrorist, you know, uh, group getting bombed. So clearly they must have terrorist sympathies. So we're going to, Double tap and get the first responders too. It's the worst thing ever. Like this actually happened? I didn't know anything about this. Guess what the CIA calls the victims of their drones? What? Bug splat. I hate the CIA. I mean, and and we're going to sit over here like Russia's crazy for trying to take over Kiev. We have zero moral, you know, standing or zero moral ground to stand on, rather. It's absurd to try to think that this is, like, above something that we would do, which is what a lot of people would do. But anyways, it's been, like, an hour plus. And oh, this is the episode. It's perfect. But yeah. you know what's funny is uh, my friend, who has just gotten incredibly based because he listens to this podcast, like, my favorite thing in the world. Um, I don't think it's because of this podcast, but he, he's just so based now. Name and starts with yeah. a C, right? Uh, name starts with an A. Um, Interesting. I don't know if I know. You do. Okay. Um, Perfect. But someone, Michael, Michael McFowl tweeted mm-hmm. saying, uh, IR 101, final exam question. If country X sends soldiers and tanks to country Y without an invitation, what is that called? And then some dude named Wesley G. Hughes replied back. It said, very easy question, depending on the country. If it's Russia, then it's definitely an invasion. Examples, Georgia, Ukraine. If it's the USA, it's a liberation. Examples, Iraq, Syria, Libya, Panama, Cuba, Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia. And I was like, that was an epic level tweet. Yeah, because 100%. it's not it's not saying, by the way, that like it's okay for Russia to do what it's doing. It's just that but it's don't all sit here bad. and act like Americans yeah. are like the moral high ground that need to go handle this thing. No, when they handle it, guess what? We're guaranteeing that more people are going to die. Not to mention, if you're asking for America to handle it, you are inviting the second most nu- no the number one most nuclear armed power to get in a hot conflict with the second most nuclear armed power in the world. Like you, if you this right now, this is a problem between Russia. In Ukraine, if America gets involved, it's a problem between the NATO, Russia, yeah. and Ukraine, which is a significant portion of the world minus the southern hemisphere. Most of them are in their own things; they aren't really a part of NATO. But if you have a nuke that goes off in Ukraine, the people in Nigeria are getting uh, fallout. So, like, especially with the size of the nukes we got today, like Hiroshima and, Nagas- and Nagasaki, those were isolated nukes compared to those what we've got today. Those were beta testing. <laughs> Those were baby bombs. We have got stuff that will literally make it rain down ash in Africa if they drop a bomb in Russia or Ukraine. They literally called the plane that dropped them gay. So, of course, uh, uh, Enola Gay, right? That was the name. Was was that the name of the bomb or the name of the plane? It was the name of the plane. Sorry. Whoops. Um, Whoops. Yeah. Also, uh, (laughs) the first... You know, most nuclear armed country also sent $600 million of, quote, lethal aid, see, weapons to Ukraine as well. So, like, and also back in 2018, Trump was running a bunch of military drills on the border of Belarus, which is just above Ukraine, shares a border with Russia. So, 
there's been a lot of poking and like at some point something's got to give and we can't just keep bullying people and thinking that they're not gonna or sending half a billion dollars of weapons to somebody to use on again two areas of their country that uh want to leave and be yours um but whatever uh end all for a lot a lot Uh, more of this has to do you're kind of already on the right track a lot of this a lot more of this than i think the news would have you believe has to do with american aggression and american foreign policy a lot more of this but again i don't want to get into that that land because there's pieces of this that i'm still learning and uh i can we do a great job of retroactively correcting ourselves on the show but i'm i'm just not quite confident so in those areas on yet. on antiwar.com you can go there right now um where did it go it, it was a pat pat buchanan piece uh did we provoke putin's war in ukraine it's like a page and a half it's a really really quick read Jake, I'll text it to you right now. Oh, good. I was literally just looking for it. Um, really quick, really easy. Pat Buchanan is a right-wing anti-war hero for his book, Churchill, Hitler, and the Unnecessary War. So uh, I would take what he says with some, you know, emphasis or with a grain of salt. Uh, All right. But anyways, that's that's time. <laughs> Whew. Good show. That was fun. That was fun. Um, you know how we do. Oh, you know how we do, baby boo. Mm. Uh, give us your money. Patreon, link in the description. Follow us on the socials, Instagram and Twitter, uh, at the Lunch Boys Pod. I promise I'm going to open up my Planoly app and plan out posts for you guys because I've got all these great memes saved on my phone. <laughs> I just have been so busy because Ryan and I both got real jobs. So that time I, that I used to do that with is no longer there. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so follow us on the socials and just, I mean, obviously do your part to like, you know, pray for Ukraine and all that kind of stuff. But really, if I were you, um, the most helpful thing you can do is to stop supporting statist aggression by way of your vote, because yeah. th- this was a hundred percent preventable and it's all because, oh my God, are states, we aggers? not our, <laughs> I'm kind of getting there. Uh, I'm, I'm basically it's because there. these states are doing things and they say American interest, but it's not my interest. I don't care if you're trans, black, white, straight, gay. I don't care. Like this was not your interest in at heart. And we just need to tell these people that it, you're done. You don't have any jurisdiction here. And so, uh, yeah, buy some food. Yeah. If you- it might get, Winter might spread beyond the month that it's supposed to be in if America gets involved in this thing. Yeah, it's, it's uh, going to be bad. Uh, donate to antiwar.com. They're having a, a, a funds matching event right now. So if you give them 100 bucks, a generous donor is going to match your 100 bucks. It's the most important website on the internet. Uh, some of the best people. Donate to the IRC. They're really pretty solid at cleaning up the foreign policy mess. Um, I will actually put the article that you sent me in the description, and I will also link just to generalantiwar.com, mm-hmm. probably for the remainder of this Ukrainian issue, I, so that yeah. people can get educated. I have so. their uh, their Twitter. I have like push notifications on, so every time they post an article, I get a notification. And it mm-hmm. like after I did that, I realized like how awful things are because <laughs> you basically it's get bad. an update for every bomb that's dropped in the entire world, almost. Oh. Excellent. Fantastic. Yeah. Can't wait. So, so that's, that's my <laughs> life. <laughs> it's wonderful, but it's great. Like they're the, it's the most important news. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's the news that makes it so that like we were saying, if a nuclear winter hits you, you could know about it ahead of time. So yeah, you'll have a day or three uh, buy some food, buy some guns, make like the Ukrainians, get yourself the ones the government doesn't want you to have because by the time they want you to have it, it'll be too late. Yeah. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Yeah, when we're going to talk about Waco, probably. So buckle up. Buckle up. Woo! <laughs> Lord Anthony Fauci here. If you're hearing the sound of my voice, you're more than likely already inoculated with my poison shot, or you're sitting in an internment camp shielding the rest of the population 
from your sick ideas of personal liberty, and I would just like to inform you what you saw happening to your loved ones as they convulsed on the kitchen floor this is purely a breakthrough event, and there's nothing to be afraid of. We are rapidly approaching the fourth industrial revolution. You will own nothing and be happy. <laughs> well, what he's trying to say is that the Great Reset is purely a conspiracy theory, and we don't eat children. Wink. Wink.